0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number four hundred and sixty-six of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Burke Badenhop. I'm your host Chad Dotson. With me this week, once again, my guy Nate. How are you, Nate?
1: Chad, I am fantastic. It was a beautiful day today. It's mid seventies, sun was shining, a little windy, but you know, I'm all smiles over here. But Mama always doted on the
0: frowner. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, glorious day to be stuck inside working all day. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. Um, yeah, but you know what? Uh, it's it's the weather a little bit good outside reminds you that it's it's spring. <laughs> Maybe there was something to discuss, Nate. We just you, do you realize that we just spent an entire winter, the whole off season, talking about the Reds every single week, with nothing going on. I mean, that's really we we need to sort of pat ourselves on the back. Uh, the, the UVA handshake, they call it, patting yourself on the back. Um, we just talked about the Reds for months with literally nothing going on. And now we have stuff to talk about. Are you as excited as I am?
1: We might need to check ourselves into rehab. <laughs> There's something <laughs> wrong with us. I am excited, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Today, I've been getting a little bit amped up. I think if you uh, went back and watched the last few episodes, I get progressively more and more excited for this season. But today was a big day, just quotes from the guys at camp, uh, the sound of, you know, pitchers hitting the catcher's mitt, it was just, I'm, I'm hyped now. I'm officially hyped. Yeah, no, I'm with you. A lot
0: of the, the the coverage you see is the same old stories that get recycled every year, but I don't care. The, the, the Reds are, you know, are, are what they are this year, but there are some things we're going to talk about with this young core that, um, you know, again, sort of paint by numbers some of these articles, but I'm really excited about some of the things that the guys are saying as ridiculous that, as that is, that at this age, I can still get so excited over stuff like this. But I am. It just is what it is, and that's why we do this show, because uh, you know stuff like this excites us. Um, before we go any further, let me just say, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the audio version, um, which I'm, I'm, you know most of you do, uh, thank you. Please subscribe or follow wherever and whatever app you're in. And give us a rating if you want, but five stars only. If you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, just shut up. Um, those of you that are on audio, uh, we, I need to say this quickly before we begin. Um, evidently, last week, um, I had a little bit of a coughing fit in the middle of the show, and I thought I was muted. And I saw Nate's face. If you're watching, you can see his face. He was like, what's going on here? Um, evidently, the mute button on my mic, I didn't hit it right or something. And so I, I apologize for that for the, uh, the coughing fit last week. We've taken steps to ensure that doesn't happen again. I have a, a, a bunch of Halls, mentholiptus drops here next to me just in case. I've got some, uh, we'll say water uh, here, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm okay this week. So I'm, sorry for that. Forgive me.
1: You really only need to apologize to the first-time listeners because anybody that's listened to this podcast with any regularity knows how far from perfect we are.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> authenticity is the way you put it to me off the air.
0: It's, it's our level brand of authenticity. <laughs> so, uh, before we get to the real news here, I am going to say this is something else we're going to do again this week. I have a pack of 1991 Ooh. Fleer baseball cards. Got some good feedback on the baseball cards last week, Nate. Did you see that? You did indeed. I felt left out.
1: and Here I am still without a pack. I know. I never, I'm gonna, I never uh,
0: learned. I'm going to order some. So, I'm going to go ahead and before we get into this, I'm going to open, open up and let's look at the first card. 1991 oh. Fleer. I don't even remember what these cards looked like. So by the way, it says on on here, uh collect FLIR provisions sports art. Okay, I think I will. There All right. System. Oh, these are this is a hideous, hideous design. I forgot about these. This is awful. The first one, oh, God. Houston Astro is Eric Yelding. You Remember Eric Yelding, Nate? No. <laughs>
1: Nobody uh, remembers Eric Yelding.
0: No, Mrs. Yelding does, I'm sure. So um, and Mr. Yelding, his father actually was the principal at uh, the Sorry, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> Bayside that, that was, High, uh, I love it. Bayside, uh, yeah. Hit us up in the in the comments if you know what we're talking about there. All right. So obviously the topic of the week this week, what uh, we're here to discuss: pitchers and catchers reported. Nate, yes. pitchers and catchers reported to camp. Now, uh, what's the uh, set the schedule for us? The rest of the rest of the spring. You know, the pitchers and catchers are here, and as we'll hear, some position players are here. But what do we have to look forward to? What are our, our
1: dates? Our mark. Yeah, so uh, the first full squad workout is fe- February 20th. But as you sort of alluded to, they are not that far from a full squad right now. I'm sure there are still some international guys that the visas and whatnot. But there are a lot of players in Arizona as we record this. Uh, the first game is the 25th of this month versus the uh neighborly Cleveland Guardians. And then the last of those spring training games is March 26th. So we are about to gear up from we are what? Today is the 16th. We are just a week away, a little over a week away from a month of Reds baseball games. Yeah, no,
0: bring it on. I'm 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 excited. And uh, I, you know, I think over the last few weeks, something sort of settled over me. You know, I had the sort of personal philosophy of, you know, if if I if I can't change it, I'm just not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna let it affect my uh, my mood. I'm gonna let it affect my stress level. If I can't change it, I can't change it, and it just is what it is. And that has actually held me in good stead over the last few years. Um, I think something has sort of descended on me where I'm like, yeah, I know they're going to be bad. I don't care, whatever. I I know that I'm also going to watch them. So what are the things that excite me? And um, that brings us to the first thing I want to talk about, because one of the things that obviously we're going to be talking about all year that excites us all are these kids. Are are the young players, what are they going to do? And uh, Nate, I I know you saw it because you pointed out to me, uh, Charlie Goldsmith had a piece in the Cincinnati Inquirer about Jonathan India. and um, Well, why don't you go ahead and kind of break that down for us?
1: Yeah, he actually had one a couple days ago, sort of, uh, I guess Tyler Stevenson was the focus, but he was hitting on all of the young guys. Not hitting on in a romantic way, just, you know, interviewing. And kind of talking about this culture shift that needs to happen within the organization. And I don't know who prompted it. I don't know, you know, if there's been some behind-the-scenes rallying of the truth or the troops, but these young guys are apparently just full steam ahead with trying to uh, you know, change up the culture of this team. Um, he came out with a piece today that was all about Jonathan India and how he's going to take the leadership role and how the rest of the guys are following his lead. It seems like that these dudes have been uh, – they've been talking, they've been hanging on the offseason. India was um, responsible for getting a bunch of guys down early, getting all these position players down. Um, early Hunter Green was getting you know, organized dinner parties and really just trying to lead a movement to get the pitching staff to work together instead of competing against each other. And one thing that I really noticed was that a lot of people have talked about, and Votto mentioned it a couple times this offseason, The last year was just kind of a downer. You know, these, these guys that were there getting shipped out, the, uh, the, the locker room in flux, all the turnover, and they said there was no, just wasn't very fun. And it looks like they're making a concerted effort to change that this year, and I am here for it. Right, absolutely. You know,
0: and this is sort of, you know, Again, I use the ter- term "paint by numbers." Uh, every spring, you get these same types of articles read, and that's fine. You know, they have to fill column inches, um, and so whatever. But but this, per- well, the two pieces, the twin pieces. One was about uh, Stevenson and India, oh, and the Young core. and the other one focusing a lot more on Jonathan India. But I, I, like like I say, I'm I'm here for it. Bring it on! Because uh, well, I was going to say because again we're looking for things to be excited about, and so Jonathan Indy is like, all right, we're going to make a point to be this gritty, scrappy team that plays hard, and and show. I, I'm encouraging everybody to show their emotion on the field, and you know it's just more fun to watch. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely 100% subscribed to this. Uh, this theory. And uh, I don't know I, if you haven't seen it there since in the Enquirer. So you can go to Cincinnati.com and get that, but I'd encourage you to go to read those because it will at least get you a little more excited about this Reds team. And that's sort of what we're searching
1: for. It absolutely did that for me. Um, there was like this dark cloud hanging over the season from, from day one from the offseason trades, those comments early on, Tommy fam, nobody cared about that guy. Mike Moustakas just running around with a frown the whole time. This season's different. These guys are their buddies. And they're getting along. Just a couple quotes. I want to throw out a couple quotes from the uh, the pieces. Tyler Stevenson said, "Culture is priority number one." Jonathan India said, "I want to set a culture this year that's different from the past." Graham Ashcraft said, "All the noise is adding fuel to the fire, and we're in for a real fun, fun season." Hunter Green, it's all about creating a culture and getting everyone together. Nicolola, we talk about long term culture. It's something we can think we think can happen sooner than most do. I mean, these are professional athletes. They're not used to being thrown under the bus. And I think – I love the fight that's coming from them. Um, Stevenson saying, you know, the the De La Cruises are coming up. The Martes are coming up. The Matt McLeans, like, they have bought in, it seems like, to this. We are the young guys. We are the future. We're the next generation. Nobody's going to tell us how to lead.
0: Uh, First of all, yeah, uh, yeah, Stevenson did say the De La Cruises are coming. Is there more than one L.A. De La Cruz? (laughs) Cause, give me two or three <laughs> of those guys. That'd be fantastic. Uh, no, again, some of the—I don't want to get too—I uh, don't want to overemphasize this because these are professional athletes, and um, all the all the stories that you see about great culture in the clubhouse, those are always told about winning teams, you know, in 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 retrospect. And so maybe this maybe this is something that's going to lead to more. Um, but I'm I I was exactly in the right point in my fanhood that I needed I needed to read this. And I love the idea of these young guys saying, okay, this is us now. We have to step up, and uh, we're the new generation. Jonathan, you mentioned it earlier, but he texted all the position players asking them to report early. Uh, India showed up on February the 1st. Didn't have to be there till the 20th. And um, by today, we record this on Thursday, obviously, 13 of the 16 position players on the 40-man roster were in camp. Okay? Now, that's whatever. I mean, you know, don't let's not read too much into it. But if you're looking for reasons to uh, be a little bit excited about this young core. Like, like you said about Hunter Green, um, the dinner party is the one thing. But he said, I, I want everybody coming to each other's bullpen sessions and watching and, and really being engaged. And I'm, I feel like we are overselling what these uh, quotes are, but they're fun. It, it, it's something that it, that increases my uh, optimism to watch these guys. Because, yeah, maybe they're going to be bad, but I, I will take a bunch of guys that are growing and learning – and becoming something as a group over a bunch of the Moustakas and Tommy fans. I mean, it's just, to me, it's way more interesting. So the Reds may lose 100 games this year. I, I don't know. I don't think they will. But um, I think they're going to be infinitely more interesting. And at this point, we're Cincinnati Reds fans. I'll take
1: interesting. Yeah. And you said they uh, If these comments had come out in November of 2022, I would have shrugged them off. And said, yeah, whatever. But they came out at the perfect time. Two days after right. Pitchers and Catchers report. We're Let's ready get for fired it. up now the question is if you want to be you know a, a glass half empty kind of guy did they report early because they wanted to get some extra preparation in or did they all just want to get hammered together at the waste management open
0: <laughs> now that's a that's a, a a golf event that I desperately want to attend one of these yes. days if you don't know about the waste management open go google the the fans at that Uh, Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, yeah, it is what it is. Next baseball card, by the way, Nate, Calvin Chiraldi. Calvin Chiraldi, pitcher for the Padres
1: here. do You know what I mean Calvin Chiraldi? You went to Kinko's and just (laughs) Photoshopped random people on the cards and made up names.
0: Calvin Chiraldi. I'm looking at the back to make sure I'm not wrong here.
1: Yes, Calvin Chiraldi
0: pitched. In Game Six of the 1986, uh, the infamous uh, Red Sox, he pitched for the Red Sox. Red Sox Mets game. Um, he he, that was the uh, Bill Buckner game, and I think he, I don't know if he was the pitcher at the time, but he definitely pitched in that game. So Calvin, interesting, good pull, Chiraldi. So Two packs now. We haven't got a single Cincinnati Red yet. How many weeks is it going to take before we get a Cincinnati Red? We're going to find out. I only have three more packs, so I'm going to have to go <laughs> figure that out. So anyway, yeah, we're overselling it probably, but I don't care. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm all for it. Let those young guys set the tone. Uh Nate, now listen, do you know who David Bell is?
1: Some days I wish I didn't. Some days I <laughs> David I'll, Bell, perfectly fine with it. That's where I usually land, but yeah, he's uh he's the
0: vanilla of Major League Baseball managers. Uh which I shouldn't say that cuz I love vanilla, but um so he's uh, well, I don't know what he is. But anyway, I, boy, I just, once again, I've gotten off the rails. He had some comments this week, Nate. I presume you saw those. And I want to ask you about some of those comments. The first is his uh, the plan for the aforementioned Tyler Stevenson. And we talked in previous weeks about the plan for him to play different places. We, we've actually been yelling about that for the last couple of years. Let him play all over the diamond. Well, not all over the diamond, but play first base in DH as well. Well, he said they have a specific plan, like every single game. Planned out for Tyler Stevenson to catch about sixty-five games. That's four out of every ten games, and then uh, three games at DH and two at first base. So, um, so number one, I love it getting him in the. He's in the lineup nine games out of ten. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Four, only four days, four games, uh, four out of the ten days catching about sixty-five games behind the plate. Any any thoughts? I have some thoughts, but I'll let you. I'll tee it up for you first. Yeah, a few brief ones. Um, one.
1: First of all, I'm just glad that they have a plan. That's one of the first actual plans I've heard from this Reds organization in a long time. So I like that Good one. Point. Good point. Um I obviously, for Tyler's sake, would like to see him catching more games eventually. He will get paid more money if he can catch more games and stay healthy and hit the baseball. Um I was listening to the interview, and I kind of got a hint that he was alluding to the fact that this is a one-year plan. like. This is not what they see for his career going forward. They want to give him a full season, healthy, and finishing on a high note, and then they'll they'll jack up that count later. And that's what I'm hoping happens because it's just not quite enough behind the plate for me. Because if if he's not catching, then you have somebody else in the lineup that is going to hit about two thirty, and that's not great. Uh,
0: well, that that's one part of it, and I hope you the way you're reading those tea leaves is correct because the other part of that is. Uh, yes, the the Reds will have somebody bad at catcher, but Tyler Stevenson, his bat as a catcher, he's one of the top three catchers in baseball. His bat as a DH or a first baseman is average. I mean, maybe slightly above average, but it's not. I mean, uh, you know, first baseman who can hit are a dime a dozen. That's where they put people that can't play in the field. So not only does it hurt his value uh, in terms of his ability to earn on his next uh, first big contract, but I think he's much, much, much less valuable to the Reds anywhere other than catcher. He's still valuable. He's still, you know, he he he's going to be fine. If he's your DH, we're, we're fine. The guy can hit, yes. but um, he's not an elite DH bat. Whereas he's an elite catcher bat, and so he just in terms of maximizing his value to the team, not just his value, the value to his to his to his wallet. I think it's. Uh, uh, you know, I I don't, I don't love it. I don't love the idea. I love the idea that they're going to play him elsewhere more, just because it keeps his bat in the lineup. And for some reason, they didn't they wouldn't do that last year when he was healthy. But uh, if it is just sort of a thing, let's get him a season under his belt.
1: And um,
0: well, you know. they're gonna
1: they're gonna stink this year. So why run the risk of having him back there, get the wear and tear on his body on a throwaway season anyway?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I think that's I think that's reasonable. The the flip side of that is, well, you know, being a catcher in the big leagues is really hard. It's really hard to be a good catcher, and getting those reps will help him. I don't know. I don't know what the the equation is, how many days he should be catching. I, I can't say I know more than the Reds know about that that, those, that sort of thing, but uh, all things being equal, I prefer to have him behind the plate. But also, but, you know, the other side of that is I prefer him to be healthy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's a tough decision, but it's interesting that, they, like you said, that they actually came out with a plan because we don't hear that very often. Um, which reminds me of, you know, I uh, I wrote a, p- a piece as I occasionally do. Um, I think three of the last four years, I have uh, a baseball-related piece for Cincinnati Magazine uh, for the print uh, edition that comes out in the April issue around opening day. I just I just submitted it um, over the weekend. As a matter of fact, finished it up, submitted it. And I'm really, uh, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. But in the process of of writing that, I happened to go back and look at the promises that Castellini, and the ownership group made when he when he showed up. And one of the things that hadn't really jumped out to me before was that they promised that we're going to be open with you, we're going to tell you what our plan is, we're going to always, every step of the way, tell the fans what we're thinking and what we're doing because we owe it to you all that we're going to win. So. Um, now the, the 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 piece is not about uh, it's more about the Bengals than it is the Reds. Um, really, sort of lavishing praise on the on the Bengals, but uh, uh, essentially it's it's what, what lessons can the Reds learn from the Bengals? It's an upbeat piece. It's not bashing the Castellinis again, because believe me, I am sick and tired of bashing the Castellinis. That's all I've been doing um, in in recent months and years, and I'm just absolutely tired of it. I'm going to keep doing it, but I'm tired of it. So, but anyway, I thought it was interesting that they—I I, I kind of forgot they promised they were gonna, gonna tell us what their plan was. But, but you're right. This I'm, I'm, this, I'm glad he came out and said it. So that's me rambling uh, for some reason. Um, what else did he, uh, did David Bell have to say? Oh, Nixon Zell. Yeah, Nixon Zell. He said, and I, the framing was sort of interesting. He's gonna play when he's healthy, but nothing is guaranteed in the long run. Which I mean, I think that's if I'm managing the team, that's my answer. I don't have any. I don't have any better options right now. Nick Zell is my best option. True. But how many chances are we going to give him? Either grab the brass ring, or we'll try uh, Ellie De La Cruz or someone. Uh, Matt McLean. I don't know who, but um, or Kenny De La Cruz because evidently there's more than one De La Cruz according to Tyler Stevenson. So, um, what are your thoughts? I mean, any
1: thoughts about about Senzel? Yeah, not too much to add. Uh, if you're, if you're trying to get really, really optimistic and squint really, really hard and think that uh, he has another shot, there were some encouraging signs after the swing change last year when he just really started barreling the heck out of the ball, started hitting line drives again, which he had done every year of his career until he got to the majors when he started trying to hit for more power, I guess. Um, it's, it's tough. I think, in a way, there's less pressure because there's no expectation. As Reds fans, we get – you know, often really excited for these Will Benson types and these, you know, the Brandon Drurys. That's kind of who he is now. He's this high pedigree guy that's never put it together. So I don't know. I think I think this is it. This has got to be his last chance. So you know, fingers crossed he figures it out because this team is looks a lot different if he's good. But we, I guess, we've never seen it. But I would assume so.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a it's a frustrating thing. Um, yeah. It's a situation where he would, in, in a competent organization that had actual had three actual outfielders, he probably doesn't get this chance. I'm glad he's getting the chance because of that pedigree, but um, how many times have we heard, Nick Senzel swing change, this is going to be it? Um, and maybe it is, because he's never been healthy enough to see any of these swing changes work. I don't know. He's still, he's so athletic. Um, gosh, if he could just be an average hitter, I think he could be a, I think you could live with him in center field, because defensively. Um, his uh, his speed plays, his glove plays defensively, if he could just be an average. I'm not even asking him to be the guy that he was in the minor leagues. Uh, I am asking for that, actually. That's what I want to happen. But I don't need it. I just need a, just a competent level. You know, Get on base a little bit. Uh, use your speed. Uh, maybe more, as we'll talk about a little bit later, with the rule changes there may be some more stolen bases this year. He can, you know, maybe his base running. I don't know. I, I'm a Nick L homer. I've told you all, I have to give this caveat every time clearly. Um, but this, this is it. And so, yes, please let the swing change work. Um, I would encourage you to go to Charlie Goldsmith again. Second time. we mentioned him at the uh, Cincinnati inquiry. Go look at big, his tweet Big day for Charlie, really big day for Charlie, big day for Charlie on the show yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to invite him on. Um, you know, we haven't ever had a 12 year old on, but he, he'd be the first one. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Charlie. We love you. Go look at his tweet if you if you can. Go look at his tweet. I'm going to actually uh, retweet it right now so that everyone can go to my, just go to my profile and and look at it because the
1: picture they use of Mick is so Zell, good. It's unfortunate.
0: It's <laughs> unfortunate. Why did they choose that photo?
1: Here, I'm gonna, no, no in he, real time. He must, have, he must have said something mean to Charlie in the past because <laughs> it's not good. And, and you're watching me
0: tweet in real time here. OK, I just retweeted it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's it's not great. So it's um, anyway, I'm I'm rooting for you, Nick. Believe me, I'm rooting for you. Um, other news from uh, David Bell and from uh, around Reds World this week. Uh, again, this is me reading too much into this. And I think you may have the same. But uh, David Bell told the media that T.J. Antone is going to miss at least the first month of the season. And last week we were all like, oh, no, D.J. Antone told us on his Instagram that he's going to miss the first half. And so I look at that I'm like, ooh, maybe it, maybe it won't be the whole first half. <laughs> this is Mr. me searching for uh, things to be excited about. Uh, I'm I'm grasping for straws there, aren't I?
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm not going to expect him back anytime soon. I'll just be happy when he gets here. Yeah, please show up soon.
0: Mel Hall, the next baseball card. Yankees outfielder Mel Hall. Nate, you ever heard of Mel Hall?
1: I haven't heard of any of these guys.
0: Okay, only seven letters in his name. all these
1: cards, but...
0: Yeah. Um, only seven letters in his name, which is important. Uh, he was actually a pretty good outfitter, I think, for the Cubs and Cleveland, maybe? So I'm not going to look at the back of the card to find out, but Mel Hall's the next one. Still, no Cincinnati Reds. All right. Um, what else came out of uh, David Bell's comments? Uh, Tony Santiano's not going to be ready. But Lucas Sims is going to be ready. So six of one, half dozen of the other, I guess. I don't like the fact that Tony Santia and TG Antone aren't ready, though, because the margins are thin for this bullpen. And those are two guys that we kind of needed to, you know, roll uh, uh, snake eyes. I don't even know what that means. But we needed them <laughs> back. Um, it's been a long week already, Nate. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, so I don't go ahead. Uh, say whatever you want about that nonsense.
1: I don't have much to say. I mean, this was one of the worst bullpens in the league last year, and some of the uh, i was going to say some of the depth, but the depth doesn't exist—is already kind of falling off. So we're going—they're going to need some production out of guys that they weren't really counting on. And I think there are some of these minor league pickups that have a chance. Like Alex Young might be a really good guy. Another guy we'll talk about in a second, Daniel Norris, has had success, has been in the big leagues for a while. So you just kind of got to hope you get lucky, but. How much does the bullpen matter in a throwaway season anyway?
0: Well, it matters to you and I, and I'll tell you why. We're going to be watching every game. And so uh, those seasons where they blow every game in the seventh, eighth, or ninth are, are frustrating. But, That's true. Uh, but, yeah, in the in the grand scheme of things, no. But Santiago's only maybe a couple weeks behind, so he's, uh, he won't be out long, supposedly. But uh, he's the guy they need, frankly. Yeah. So now the next bit of – News from the week, Nate. I'm going to tee you up for this one. Alejo Lopez accepted uh, his uh, assignment to AAA and got a minor league invitation to uh, big
1: league spring training. Alejo Lopez is back. Probably should have led with this. This is the biggest news in Reds land this week. Alejo's back, baby. He's going to hit his way onto the roster. He's going to capitalize on the band shift, all the extra room in the infield. He's going to hit 700 this year. Just gonna break all the records. Only singles, yeah. Only singles. Seven out I'll of ten it. hits, singles.
0: I'll take it. Love it. me up right now.
1: No, I um, I, 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 don't know if it's gonna be Cincinnati or where, but I hope, I hope he makes a team. I like him. I like rooting for the guy. Um, wherever he ends up, hope he has a great career. I'm just happy. I like Leo Lopez. He's one of those guys that brings he brings smiles. I bet him and Eugenio Suarez would have been buddies. Like just bring all oh, the yeah. good
0: vibes. Good vibes only. I agree about Alejo. And I would love, again, it's sort of a lost season we're expecting here. Why not bring up Alejo and just let him play a few different positions and smack singles everywhere?
1: Matt Reynolds gets at bats and Alejo Lopez does not. I'm going to shave my head.
0: (laughs) Without the shift, without the shift, you know, uh, his bat plays better maybe, you know, Alejo Lopez. So those singles can can help. So, uh, yeah, but if he does hit 700 in at least 200 at bats, I will get an Alejo Lopez tattoo. <laughs> so, um, you know who the Reds should have in the uh, in the bullpen, Nate? Who's that? Alan Anderson. Next baseball card here. Alan Anderson, pitcher for the uh, Minnesota Twins. Good, good photo there of him uh, following through. You can see the baseball in the top corner of the card. The American League umpire back there. Alan Anderson spells his name with two L's. I question that. It's questionable behavior by Alan Anderson. I do not remember. Allen Anderson. So all you Twins fans can uh, can remind me. All right, transactions from the week. Nate, you uh, teased uh, this floral. one earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Transaction of the week. You uh, teased it, as I said, Daniel Norris. Daniel Norris uh, signs with the Cincinnati Reds. Before we get into who Daniel Norris is and why we should care, Nate, where was is daniel Norris from where was he born johnson city tennessee if i'm not mistaken have you been listening to wagon wheel again
1: it's always playing in my head rock <laughs> me mama
0: johnson city tennessee went to high school at science hill high school and uh, that's uh I, I i mentioned that only because nate and i were uh, born and raised in southwest virginia just across from northeast tennessee and that's where science hill is um Johnson City, also home of East Tennessee State University, home of the Buccaneers,
1: the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. I think uh, maybe also home of a uh, country legend Kenny Chesney. No. Using,
0: i don't know I'm about using that, legend
1: but. pretty loosely there. But.
0: <laughs> Kenny Chesney, who wrote and performed Wagon Wheel. No, that's absolutely <laughs> not true at all. That's completely false. Um, but that's the extent of my country music knowledge. Uh, <laughs> So uh Daniel Norris now Daniel Norris was uh you know sort of a a, a highly uh, acclaimed <laughs> kid he was picked in the second round in 2011 and debuted in 2014 at age 21 which is you know that's pretty good um and has had some moments in his career First, obviously he started out in uh, in Toronto and uh with one uh, uh yeah, was a was a decent pitcher for Detroit for a few years. Um, Never great, I guess, but he's been in the big leagues nine years, 4.71 ERA. uh, ERA plus at 94, which is not great, but uh, returned to Detroit late last year, looked pretty good. He's the type of guy, he's started a bunch of games. So I presume he's going to have maybe an inside track on earning, a spot in the start. Of, I, I'll take him over Luke Weaver, I think, but they're both sort of six on one half dozen the other second time. I've used that phrase tonight, Ooh. never used it before in the history of this show, but uh, I don't know. Daniel Norris, again, the Reds lead the world in, uh, you know, minor league uh, deals with invitations to spring training. But, um, I, this one I think is a good flyer to take. I mean, I don't, know. no objections, I guess low risk, high, potentially medium reward.
1: Yeah, there's there's no harm in this signing. Don't uh, get too excited. But, you know, he's he's had a weird sort of career where he's either been really, really, like, fine or really, really bad. He's never spent consistently anything. So, I don't know if we get who he was in the uh, latter half of last year, then that's a piece we need.
0: Well, and he had a couple years with Detroit where he was really good. Uh, and he's also had some years where he's been uh, fairly bad. So, I don't know, you know, um, What are you you going to say about him? Uh, Somebody that has the talent to debut as a 21-year-old has real talent. But um, here he's basically organizational filler, but he's in an organization where if he can be just cromulent, that's all we need him to be is cromulent. He could be the number four or five starter and log a bunch of innings at a decent clip, and that's sort of what we need with with the kids in the rotation. So Daniel Norris, welcome, my friend, to the party that never ends the Cincinnati Reds. Nate, my next baseball card here is someone you have heard of. Absolutely have heard of this guy. We still have not gotten any Cincinnati Reds, although there's an asterisk. Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn of the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously spent one season with Cincinnati in 1999 and became a legend. Uh, Engineered the Reds' uh, march shot, getting rid of the uh, facial hair ban. But uh, here he's with the... uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Good picture of Greg Vaughn there. Good Brewers uniforms, too. So, Greg Vaughn. But still no Reds cards. There's time. <laughs> I guess. All right. um, That's sort of a, the, the Reds-related news of the week. I guess this is something we did not talk about last week on the show because it was kind of uh, – it's something we thought about talking about last week, but um, it was – some of the names were, were coming out as we were recording, as we did, but let's make, briefly mention the World Baseball Classic because a bunch of Reds and uh, Reds adjacent players are involved in the World Baseball Classic. Now, the first question before we get into this is Do you care about the World Baseball Classic?
1: When it first came out, I did. I was in college and I remember um, my roommate was a big Yankees fan and actually I had another roommate that was a huge Phillies fan. And we were on like spring break together, setting. Our alarms like four o'clock in the morning to get up and watch the inaugural World Baseball Classic games. Uh, over as the years went on, I kind of fell out of it. But this year, I'm getting a little bit pumped again. I mean, some of these squads are ridiculous. Like that Dominican team is nuts. The, the American team is really, really good. I don't know how many games I'm going to watch, but I am more interested this year than I have been in in a year in a while.
0: I really want to like the World Baseball Classic. I I really do. I I, I love baseball. I love uh, America. I love uh, competitions Lamb. that pick co- <laughs> that pick pick countries against each other that do not involve you know bombs and uh, and uh, long range uh, assault rifles. But I can't get into it. I just I've never been able to get into it. and I want to. Uh, m- maybe this year's the year. I, I think the problem is the timing of it. You know. I, and I understand why they the, the timing of it is when it is, but I, right now I'm I'm all Cincinnati Reds. I'm all Major League Baseball. I don't want to be thinking about the World Baseball Classic.
1: Get out of here with that. I but, get that uh, the Reds. My counter argument would be that if you want to watch people having fun, like that's going to be some of the most fun baseball you could possibly watch. All that 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 Latin flavor out there. These games are going to last five hours. Bat flips, just every little strikeout, fist pumps. It's going to be. Just energy through the roof the whole time. The crowds are going to be nuts.
0: Yeah, man, I, I love that. That's, I, I'm I'm okay with that, and maybe I should be happy that to have it maybe as a distraction from the Reds. But not this particular moment where I'm excited about watching the Reds. I want to watch the Reds now. I don't need a distraction yet. Do this thing in September when I'll be sick <laughs> of the Reds. Then I'll get excited about it. So. Five players on Cincinnati's 40-man roster are on uh, World Baseball Classic rosters. Those players are Luis Cesa. He's on Team Mexico, Nate. Team Mexico. Um, two relief pitchers are on Team Puerto Rico, who I know you're going to be, uh, that's going to be your, your sentimental that's favorite. Right. Alexis Diaz and Fernando Cruz. Uh, Reaver San Martin. Reliever San Martin. Team Colombia. And this is my favorite. This is my Ian Jabot, Ian Jabot team, great Britain. I can't believe there's a team great Britain, by the way, first of all, <laughs> I mean, I love our, I love our former, uh, you know, countrymen, our friends over in the United kingdom, but I, I I'm surprised there's a team great Britain, but that, since they have Ian Jabot, bring it on, I'm all for it.
1: It turns out he's the only player on team great Britain and they are sorely overmatched. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, so 11 Reds
0: minor league players uh, are on various rosters. Um, I'm not sure any of them actually exist because they're not players that I'm particularly familiar with because, you know, I hate I hate prospects. I hate minor leaguers. Screw them all. But, uh, you know, Team Columbia, Team Venezuela, another one on Team Puerto Rico, uh, Team Australia, uh, another Team Colombia. Oh, no, Donovan Benoit is on uh, Team Great Britain, along with Ian Jimbo. There's two players there. Team Israel, I love it. Evan Kravitz, Team Israel. Team Italy, that's my team. Nicolo Panazzi and Vin Timpanelli. You cannot tell me those are actually Italian names. I don't <laughs> believe that. Uh, team Netherlands. Um, Brandon Layton, I, <laughs> according to Doug Gray, previously went by Stephen Layton. I never heard of either Brandon <laughs> Layton or Stephen Layton. Um, he's on Team Nicaragua. And then uh, I don't know, whatever. That's
1: uh, <laughs> that was Stephen um, Layton
0: on Team Nicaragua. <laughs> he sat, "That's a that's that's a classic Nicaraguan uh, name." Come on, uh-huh. Stephen Layton, now known as <laughs> Brandon Layton. What's that all about? How do you how do you change your name at age twenty? I don't know how old he is, but at age twenty two or whatever, how do you change your name from Stephen to Brandon? Who does that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any other thoughts about the World Baseball Classic, <laughs> date?
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna try to get into it. We'll see how how that works. All right, Um, I'm definitely getting a team Puerto Rico hat though because I'm all in for my my, my family man.
0: That's right. Yes, you're a you're a Puerto Rican. Is that what the, they said? Right? That's what.
1: Yeah, <laughs> married to those, married those, those to a Puerto know, Rican. My my now wife is half Puerto Rican, and she called me a Puerto Rican today. <laughs> I like it. You're honorary. It's good.
0: Um. All right, a couple things before we get into viewer mail, but uh, some interesting things to talk about. The first, how about we go to the rule changes, Major League Baseball's rule changes, Nate. You okay to talk about this? Yeah, i actually kind of like to. How do, there's some. I want to get your opinion on a few of these. Okay, well, I'm just going to tell you that by and large, I'm 100% in favor. 100% in favor, and I think that Major League Baseball, I've changed my mind on this, and somebody could probably go back into the archives and find me yelling at clouds, you know, the old man yelling at clouds, Um I think they need to change. And I understand the arguments against it. The sport I fell in love with is um, they're messing with it, but I have no problems. There's one rule that I have a little bit of a problem with, but I'm going to get over it. Um, so
1: let's let's dig in this. Do you want to talk uh, what about the pitch clock? There's a pitch clock now, Nate. I am 100% in support of the pitch clock. It shaved off nearly half an hour on games, and I am asleep by... 10, 30 at the latest anyway. So I'm not watching the ninth inning of these games as it is. This gives me a chance to actually watch completed baseball games. Yeah. Pitchers are going to have 15 seconds to make each pitch when
0: the bases are empty, 20 seconds when there's a runner on base, and a 30-second timer between batters. Uh, yes. here. Look, I love baseball. We've been talking about baseball here on this show since 2007. That is outrageous. Um, and we only do that because we love baseball. But it's absolutely – and I'll watch three-and-a-half-hour three games. I, they're going to be on here. But it's absolutely 100% a fact that baseball games could be condensed in terms of time and also condensed in terms of the action on the field. More action within a smaller time frame is a better product. It's more fun for me to watch. It's more fun for the TikTok generation to watch. Although don't install uh, TikTok on your work phone because that's uh, illegal in most states these days. But, um, you know, I I hear all the old school complaints. Ah, this is not the game I grew up with. Okay, whatever. I want a game with more. I think what happened is the analytics era caused me to finally uh, come around to the fact that we needed to change some things. Baseball just let teams do whatever they wanted to do. And the analytics era, which I was all in on, made the game less fun to watch. Mm -hmm. There's less action on the field. And so these rules, which are largely designed to give us more action, I'm okay with it. Whatever. Uh, It's 2023. So pitch clock, yes. And you're right. It shortened minor league games a lot. So, um, And it's not shortening for the sake of shortening, but we're getting more action within a smaller period of time. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, the NHL, the NBA – those games are, what, two and a half hours long? Yeah. That's a that's a sweet spot as far as I'm concerned. All right, what's next? Um, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the the pickoffs and things like that. So, if a pitcher does take too long between pitches, charge with an automatic ball. Um, if hitters aren't ready to hit with eight seconds on the clock, automatic strike. I don't love that, but it is what it is. Um, now, here's the one that I think is interesting. Pitchers can step off the rubber... Twice per plate appearance, plate appearance, uh, which includes pickoff attempts when there's uh you know, if a runner's on base. So if a pitcher steps off a third time, he can, but if he doesn't pick off the runner, it's a bulk. So, um, and I love this. I, I absolutely adore this. Uh, hopefully, because hopefully it's going to increase stolen bases and, um, I don't know. i will mention in your thoughts, but I'm I'm all in on this.
1: I it took me a while to come around on this one, and I landed kind of where where you are. It seems. At first, I was like, "This is ridiculous! Like, like it, it's just yeah. gonna the guys are just gonna steal bases, and what's you know, where's the where's the where's the baseballness in that?" But then I started thinking about like late innings of a close game, and a guy steps off the rubber twice. How much fun is that going to be when your guy's on the base path? Or if you have a catcher that can, that, that has a hose, you know? If you have, bring back Billy Hamilton. There's a spot for Billy Hamilton now in Major League Baseball. Because with that rule, they can't just sit there and try to pick him off eight times and keep him close. Um, it gives a guy like Nick Senzel a little bit more runway. So, I don't know. I, it took me a while. This is probably the one that took me the longest. But I am I came around pro. Yeah. Pro pickoff rules, whatever they call. Hey.
0: And with uh, with with the shift restrictions we're going to talk about in a moment, Billy Hamilton can move back to the infield and have a have a career here. So, uh, next baseball card quickly, Dave Island. Dave Island, I think a left-handed pitcher, I believe, for the uh, New York Yankees. Dave Island, I do not remember him really. Um, And we're going to move. Oh, we got to move to the next one because we're running out of time. We did it, Nate. We finally did it. We got a Cincinnati Red. You want to predict which member of the 1990 world champion Reds is on this card.
1: That is Jose Rio. Scott Scudder. Oh, my next The immortal. Guess.
0: <laughs> the immortal Scott Scudder. We finally got a red. Scott Scudder. I like that guy. Number 47.
1: Right Classic yeah. baseball name. Scott Scudder.
0: All right. Um, next, uh, Next rule change. Let's see. Um, I, I gotta scroll down. This is such preparation, <laughs> such preparation here. Uh the shift. Let's talk about the shift. Okay. So um a lot of people are upset about the shift. I am I hate the shift. I, I went from saying teams should be able to do whatever they can to prevent runs being scored to saying, I don't like watching this. So gotta be two infielders on each side of second base. All four infielders must have their feet on the infield dirt until a pitch is released. So let me just tell you something. The fact that I'm never going to have to watch a second baseman playing out into in short right field again, or a uh, shortstop playing on the right side of second base, again, this may be me uh, yelling at clouds because this is the not the game I grew up with, but I want more singles. I want more balls in play. I want more action on the field, and I hope, we'll see how it works out, but I hope and think that this will create more action on the field, and that's all I want. I want baseball. I don't want home runs, walks, and you know, line outs to short right field
1: to the second baseman. So I'm all in on this one. I love this one. The shift is, is, is stupid. I hate the shift. Um, Back when I was growing up, what now is called banning the shift, it, it was just called playing baseball. The guys are in their positions. It's, it's a wild concept, I know. But, I mean, look at the the Reds players that are going to benefit from this. We talked about Alejo Lopez, Joey Votto, who just – how many times a season does he just crank hard grounders into the gaps? And now instead of uh, you know, those being ground outs that are the, the least fun thing in baseball, those get to be base hits again. And we get to yeah, see who, guys who, go from first to third again. And I don't know, like defense matters, arms matter. Like that it just makes every bit of the game more fun. There's more offense, batting averages are gonna come up. Every complaint you could have about the not everyone, obviously, but so many complaints you could have about the product over the last eight or so years, is wiped out by banning the shift. I love this one more than any other.
0: So what I'm hearing from you is that you just want to watch Joey Votto crank it. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Just cranking it all day long, <laughs> just with his butts. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you this so you don't have to uh, learn it for yourself, but in in Mein Kampf, uh, Hitler actually endorsed the shift. I, I don't know if you know that. There you go. There it is. Yeah. So, I mean... You decide which side of history you want to be on. I, as for me, ban the shift. I'm anti-Hitler. I, I'm, I'm going to say that on this show. We don't get into politics, but I'm anti-Hitler. Um, sorry about that, Nate. That went a weird direction. <laughs> I agree. Here's there. the one. <laughs> here's the one rule change that I don't love, and this is me being sentimental. I think, uh, and the the runner on second base in extra innings, they're going to keep that for good. And I'm, I'm of two minds, only. but what's that? Regular season only. Well, and that's my a big part of my problem with it. They're going to play a different game in the postseason than they play in the regular season? I have questions about that. Um, although, here's the thing I can say for it. As a parent of a son who played uh, competitive travel baseball, um, and is comp- playing playing competitive uh, high school baseball. Well, he will as soon as his basketball season ends. Um, this rule was in effect in the uh, travel baseball tournaments that we went to all over the East Coast, and I loved it because it got games over with quicker. <laughs> and I got to go back to go home or whatever. Um, I, I didn't hate it at that time, but I don't know. I just there's something about it that I will get over. Um, Joe Paznanski had a piece this week. Where he basically said, "Yeah, I don't, and I, I agreed with him on this. I don't like it, but I guess have to understand at this point. I've been outvoted. Um, he says that major league baseball has done lots of market research, and that's why they're doing this. that this is what people want. And so I'm gonna grin and bear it on this one, but this is the one that I don't love.
1: My take is that I have now heard dozens of arguments for why it is a dumb rule. I don't have a counterpoint to a single one of those arguments. They're all good. There are way more arguments for it being a dumb rule than there are for it being a good rule. In my opinion, the only thing I'll say is that I have now heard too many players that are in favor of this. The players seem to be all about it. They're playing 162 games. We're sitting on our couch eating Cheetos. Those are the guys that are out there and you know, don't, two, three, four in the morning on these crazy games that everybody loves so much that happened once a year, but the, play, if the players support it that much. Who am I to complain from my couch?
0: So that's it. Well, that's, that's what we do is, is we complain. Um, so yeah,
1: I, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. So any
0: other, I think that's uh, is that all the rule changes? Have the we only done? other
1: one that was kind of worth mentioning would be the uh, the bigger bases. And it's same thing we've been saying, oh, right. it will it'll increases the, uh, you know, likelihood of stolen bases, I guess, and maybe less people will get injured from stepping on each other.
0: Yeah, I, again, that, that's six of one, half dozen of the other. That's the third yeah. time I've used that, that term here. I don't, I don't, new care. record, new record. <laughs> I just don't care. I, you know, whatever, yeah, it's whatever. fine. Um, although, you know, it's, it's, they're marginally bigger, but when you reduce that amount, think how I many stolen bases are, are you know, bang-bang plays and they're outs, they probably will increase um, stolen bases, a marginal amount at least. And also the fact of the matter is if it's few injuries, that's good. You know, I, I, again, we're, I'm getting into the kids again. My daughter played travel softball, and they had this base uh, that I thought was brilliant. Of course, those are smaller baselines. It's different. But they had the a, a base that sort of uh, – it, it, it's two bases at, in fir- at first base in one designed to make sure that players can, you know, be safe about it didn't change the game. We so, will forget about this
1: within two years.
0: That, that's it. I didn't see a funny uh, – uh, it's rare that you see a funny tweet, but someone was like, man, can you believe the size of these bases? They always and they thought it was like a huge base. It was hilarious. So, um, You want to ask some viewer mail questions, Nate? Let's do it. That's
1: some good, good ones this You know,
0: actually – well, should we or should we talk about Rob Manfred's comments really
1: quickly? We should touch on that. Um, I actually took the liberty to upload the clip. Um, yes, I, I saw that. Let's play it now. Yeah, well, a little you lead in. It? This was Rob Manfred's response to a question from Trent Rosecrans at, um, at The Athletic now. Yes. And he just said, hey, what do you think about certain um, team presidents saying that uh, small market teams are – Often out of it by opening day, out of contention, and this was Rob Manfred's response. I am a
0: unitard. No, it that was not. now not his response, Nate. What do you? You hit the wrong button. Here's here's Rob Manfred's response. Look, um, I think that most people who pay attention to our game. Uh, realize that um we do have a disparity issue in the game both on the revenue side and consequently on the ability to spend on players um i I think sometimes in markets that produces frustration that leads to what i regard to be unfortunate comments um not helpful (laughs) it's official phil castellini is not helpful (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to drop the uh, Simpsons clip on you there Nate, but uh I'm, I'm still
1: dying. Oh man. <laughs> it was it was good. I don't I mean plenty of people are a uh, little getting this in in the comments and different social media platforms, but you can tell that he has thought about this re- response to this question. Um I think he, he kind of knew what he was going to say whenever he was inevitably asked about that. That's how it seemed to me anyway, and if there's anything to take away from this, we all know he's a Feels a clown. Um, they have to get approved, like like for him to take over control of the team. He would have to get approved by the other owners and some other people. This makes me think that at least it's usually a foregone conclusion, sure, but maybe maybe not with Phil. Maybe some of the other guys were like, "Hey, man, you can't shut up. We're not okay with you being in charge." Yeah, he's actively hurting their business model,
0: and that's the point I was going to make. You, uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but you absolutely. Uh you're absolutely correct. If and when Bob passes control uh, to the to the team to fill, to he has to be approved by the ownership to take over. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion because he's making their life uh, more difficult yeah. uh, because he's unhelpful. So um, I don't know if there's much more we need to say of that, but it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it's some, some people on our, again, patreon.com slash in the Slack channel, some people mentioned, wow, if, if Rob Manfred, who, by and large, is an idiot? But um, if he, if MLB is criticizing publicly what Phil Castellini is saying, that is actually—I won't say it's a watershed moment, but it's it's more important than I think most people realize. Because it, Rob Manfred's job is defending owners; he works for the owners, and for him to publicly—I mean, you're not going to—it's mild criticism, but to publicly criticize. Um, we'll see where it goes, but, uh, you're definitely unhelpful.
1: Yeah. And shout out to Trent for asking the question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about Trent a little bit more lately. Um, I've been fairly critical of, um, Red's print media in recent years. Um, I am barely on the outskirts of print media. You know, I write a weekly online column, uh, for the magazine and then, uh, at least once or, or twice yearly, I write a call him for the the print magazine, at Cincinnati Magazine, who you all need to subscribe to immediately because I'm nothing if not a company man. Um, In the last little bit, Trent has pushed back a little bit where no one else will. And so I understand people's feelings about Trent, whatever. Um, I mean, I've always had good interactions with him, but, um, but you're right. Kudos to him. And we'll talk about him uh, more in in a moment. I think Nate viewer mail. Let's jump in. Now, these questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi. That's riverfront.com slash Sensi. No, that's not right at all. Um, these are where you can go to support the show, and um, these are our best friends. Essentially, our best friends on Earth. And I, I have to tell you something, Nate. I had a, uh, a long day today. I have not looked at these Patreon questions yet. I'm going Ooh. in completely unprepared. Going in blind. I like it. You can tell that it's spring training optimism episode because we're 55 minutes in, and we're just getting fewer mail. Let's run through these as quick yeah, as we can. Yeah, Seth Shaner. Seth uh, asked this question. Serious question, he asked. All right, we're moving to the next one. We don't want serious questions. We're all about goofiness here. No, let's do it. Have the Reds signed enough players to minor league deals with invites to major league camp to field an entire team? If Phil could get rid of those pesky guaranteed contracts... Just think of the payroll flexibility he could achieve. All right, I don't think Seth wants us to actually answer that, but the answer really is yes. They, The Reds are the kings of signing minor league deals with invitations to spring training. So, yes, they could fill an entire roster. And no guaranteed contracts? Oh, Phil would just be in, uh, in high cotton, as they say. Uh, I, I presume you don't have anything else to add to that because I gave the perfect answer. That was it. Kyle Kappler. Kyle Kappler says, I guess I was overzealous with my Will Benson take last week. Yeah, you were. Benson, not uh, the the sitcom Benson. How about 2009, Jay Bruce? Dude has thump and can get on base. Speaking of 2009, will this season be a similar transitional season as that particular season was? So um, I'm all in on the Will Benson has thump and can get on base take. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if you have anything else to say about Will Benson, because I'm still not sure that's an actual person.
1: I, uh, I'm just going to say, instead of comparing him to Jay Bruce, let's go ahead and compare him to a, uh, 2003 Adam Dunn. 215 batting average, 354 on base, 465 slug. Liking that 116 OPS plus. That's probably like a high end, like best case scenario for a Will Benson type.
0: Nate, we're big Jay Bruce fans here on the, the pod, but you just amped it up a notch. Adam Dunn is the patron saint of the riverfront. Oh, man, Will Benson is now my favorite player. (laughs) Uh, Transitional season as 2009. I think that's aggressively optimistic because, obviously, in 2010, the Reds won the division with a bunch of young kids. I'm not sure I can quite see it. Um, Maybe if the Reds go out and get Scott Rowland, literally Scott Rowland, the Hall of Famer Scott Rowland. Let's go ahead and just get him (laughs) back. Um, No, I don't see it, but uh, it's one of those situations where uh, – our sort of a catchphrase here at the rear front. You, if you could squint a little bit, you could see it happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to hope it happens. But I'm having trouble seeing the Reds' front office kind of completing the, uh, the you know, um, threading the needle, I guess, to make it a competitive team next year. But hope springs eternal. We'll see. Joey Goditza. Hey, Nate, do you know where Joey is from? Um, Up there canadia yes up there hey guys he says if jose barrero and nixon zell both stay on stay on the field and put up decent numbers how much closer would it put the reds to that final wild card spot let me repeat that question if monkeys fly out of my butt how much closer would it put the reds to that final wild card spot
1: you're in a good mood today
0: (laughs) i'm in a good mood man it's spring (laughs) training I love it. Joey, Joey,
1: it puts him so close. Don't listen to uh, Chad with the monkeys flying <laughs> out of his butt. No, we talked a few episodes ago. Six of the nine uh, everyday hitters have an OPS plus over 100. That's sort of in the ballpark. That's what you need. And a couple guys to take some big leaps from those six. But two of your six guys, are those two guys? 85 wins, baby. Sign me up. I don't know about wild card,
0: but I will say this. If Nixon Zell and Jose Barrero play like they played in the minor leagues, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, this team all of a sudden becomes extremely interesting. And they may not be wild card, but they're a team I'm going to want to watch every – well, I'm going to watch them every day anyway, but – You're going to want to. I'm going to want to. I'm going to do it out of duty anyway, but (laughs) he said duty. Uh, Mike Henneman, next baseball card. Mike Ooh. Henneman, pitcher for the Tigers. I think pretty good. I want to say a closer maybe, uh, but I'm not going to check that. So Mike Henneman, I do remember him. Nate, you don't remember Mike Henneman. I do remember Mike Henneman. Oh, really? Yeah. What about he this guy? The... Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, You had no. something to say about Mike Henneman? I, I've got no hot takes on Mike Henneman. All right. Dennis Oil Can Boyd. Ooh, okay. You remember now Oil I've, Can Boyd?
1: You've reached the heart of the order of this pack. <laughs>
0: This is a pretty good one, man. Best nickname in in baseball history. Dennis Oil Can Boyd. Good pitcher for the Red Sox. And here he's with the uh, Expos, right? Yeah. The Montreal Expos used to be a team. So, All right. Um, Next viewer mail question. We got to rush through these, man. I like talking to you, Nate, but I'm just about (laughs) sick of it at this point. Chris G. This question is from Chris G. I don't know who that might be. Chris G. Um, Perhaps Kenny G's? Brother? For some reason, he asks, Hunter Green recently compared the Red Starters to the mid 90s Braves. Setting aside the fact that Greg Maddox was a huge free agent signing, not a you know prospect coming up. Is there any merit to this type of talk? Or all these or are these guys a bunch of diluted self jinxing pulsifers? Now you're a you're still a kid, Nate. Do you know what a, a pulsifer is in this context? No.
1: I do not. I do know that. Go
0: ahead. No, I was going to say, the New York Mets had this great upcoming rotation at one point that the people were like, oh, this is the next trio. And it was Bill Bill Pulsifer. It was um, Paul Wilson, who ended up being a red later. And I can't remember the third because I haven't done any research to prepare for this show. So um, the answer to Chris G's question is, is this going to be a the mid 90s Braves? Of course, he's talking about Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Hall of Famers. Are Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, and Graham Ashcraft going to be future Hall of Famers? Well, obviously, yes. Oh, no, you don't think so, Nate? No, I think, I obviously, that, <laughs> not yet. Um, I think that's aggressive. But if Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft become future Hall of Famers. This year's team is going to be really fun. When you can comp- when you conclude the uh, the fact that Jose Barrow and Nixon Zeller are almost certainly going to be awesome as we've
1: learned here tonight. This team's going to be fun. This team's going to be great. think Chris uh, K- Kenny G's cousin has another another comment there.
0: Oh yeah, Kenny G asked if Green Lodolo and Ashcraft all pitch at Cy Young contender levels. Does that get the Reds to seventy-five wins? I'll let you answer Kenny,
1: this one. Kenny G's cousin is killing my buzz. Get out of here! <laughs>
0: get out of here, Kenny G. <laughs> but yes, yes, the Reds to seventy-five listen, wins yes. if that happens. Uh, Nate, next baseball card is Harold Reynolds. Do you know Harold Reynolds?
1: Unfortunately,
0: Mariners second baseman Harold Reynolds, horrible commentator on MLB. Least favorite,
1: the least favorite talking it.
0: The worst. He's just really bad. Really bad. So Harold Reynolds. Uh, oh, I'm going to go to the next one though. Willie Randolph. Now he's Ooh. with the A's here. Played against the Reds in the 1990 World Series, but a really good uh, 1980s second baseman for the New York Yankees. Willie Randolph. It's a
1: good stretch.
0: Good stretch. All right. Now, what's the next question, Nate? Um, James Urban. What will happen first? Rob Manfred ending the blackouts. Or the Reds winning another World Series?
1: Why is it, it got to be one or the other, man?
0: Both. They both happened this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I think actually the qu- the answer, real answer is Rob Manfred in the blackouts. I have some hope that with the collapse of Valley Sports and the regional sports networks, that maybe there will be some movement in these stupid blackouts. You know, yeah. Uh, I hate to mention this guy because he's the worst. I mean, he's literally the worst. But uh, Phil Razor is his name and a friend of the show. Uh, follow him on Twitter if you can find him because he's the worst and you'll enjoy his takes, especially about poker. But he lives in Iowa. This is this is one of the 50 states of the union, Iowa. He's, blo- he's blacked out from the Reds, the Cubs, the Cardinals. I don't know, maybe other teams. It's ludicrous in Iowa. So anyway. Madness. Complete madness. Um, Daniel Norris from Johnson City, Tennessee. When he's home, he's blacked out from the Reds. He can't watch. His parents in Johnson City, Tennessee, can't watch him pitch for the Reds. It's ludicrous. Mark Hyden. Mark, I got your message. I'm going to respond. But uh, first, we're going to talk about your question. Did you enjoy our friend... See Trent Rosecrans recent article that started off with the lead about how the Reds are contractually obligated to fill the team as much as I did. He caught some heat for that. It would seem now, admittedly, I've been away from Twitter largely this last week because of uh, other obligations, but I'm not sure what heat he caught. And maybe Nate, maybe, you know, but I did enjoy, I did read that article. It was a good, good piece. But he did say the Reds are going to have a full team because they kind of have to, um, He's getting a little bit snarky, and I'm I'm all for mm-hmm. uh, the, the snark. Do you know what, what he's talking about, though, about the heat he caught?
1: No, I actually don't. I was hoping you did, but I, I oh. do agree that whenever I first read that, I don't remember the exact piece, but uh, I had a nice little sinister chuckle. Give <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> him Trent. Sure.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, um, we don't know what you're talking about, Mark. We love you. You're an amazing friend of the show, but uh, what are we going to do some some uh, prep. Let we actually know. do do prep most weeks, but maybe not this one. Brandon Kamick. Now this is a good one. <laughs> Brandon says, I saw Mr. Redlegs getting comfortable at a closed beer station at a game late last year. What's your favorite repressed memory? <laughs> That's all over the place. <laughs> your, <laughs> Mr. Redlegs just pounding Budweiser's. At a closed beer station last year, bring it on. I'm all for it.
1: I wonder if it was when Joey was in the costume.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a repressed memory. They're all, they all keep me up at night. (laughs) So, do you have a
1: repressed memory, Nate? I've got one that I would like to repress. It involved um, our father (laughs) walking back in the parking lot to his car and dropping what I can only. Assume as the result of too many uh, skyline chili cheese conies, and it affecting multiple groups, multiple different groups of people walking to their cars. Also, I had literally repressed <laughs> yeah. this; I'd forgotten about it until you mentioned it. It's hard times.
0: <laughs> he crop dusted some guys. <laughs> crop
1: dusted a lot of people. So many people. For like the next, like forty-five seconds.
0: Oh, man.
1: <laughs> people
0: vomiting. People passing out. It was a bad scene. Oh, my um, gosh, Nate, We have gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> <yikes. you're not. laughs> Moving on. Uh, first, quickly, because uh, i got to get through this pack. Ex- another Expos pitcher, Scott Ruskin. Scott Ruskin. I, I, I remember Scott the Ruskin. name. Yeah, no. Next one. Juan Bell, never heard of Juan Bell. He's a uh, an Orioles shortstop. Never heard of him. So, next uh, question comes from Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell. Oh, this is one that I needed to prepare for. Hooper, sorry, I did not prepare. Finally, some. I love how the fact that I keep talking about the fact that I did not prepare for this episode. This is going to cause people to want to subscribe to the show. Finally, some baseball action with pitchers and catchers reporting. Who would be your all-time starting rotation, 2,000 on? So from 2,000 to now. all time. Mm-hmm. So uh, quick off the top of my head. Aaron Harang's in there, right? Mm-hmm. Brandon Arroyo's in there. Oh, also Bronson Arroyo.
1: <laughs> also Kenny G's cousin, Brandon. Yeah. Change his name to Stephen Arroyo.
0: <laughs> Stephen Arroyo. <laughs> Playing for Team Colombia or somebody—I don't know. I, I really need to go to bed. I've had not enough sleep this week. Um, who else is in that mix? Uh, I guess Cueto, Johnny Cueto, mm-hmm. Luis Castillo—he's in
1: mine. My... Who else do we have? I'm struggling now. So, so I actually went—I um, I chose individual seasons for my five. So the ones we already mentioned: uh, 2022. Castillo, I chose last year's Luis Castillo season. Uh, 2014, Johnny Cueto. 2006, Bronson. 2007, harangue And then 2019, Sonny Gray.
0: Oh, interesting. That's actually the choice. That's it. No, uh, Sonny Gray, you all need to go look at his page of baseball reference. That guy was better than any of you all realize. Yeah. He was really great as a Red. So that's it. I think that's the answer. No preparation. I mean, you did preparation, but I didn't. I did preparation. Yeah, so. All right. uh, Next comes from Rich Thompson. Our final question, Rich, as always, not short and pithy. We love you, Rich. Spring training might mean different things to different players based either on their situations or history with the team. From the outside looking in, it appears to me that there are tons of question marks with this Reds team. Reds team. Okay, I might have thought that for other spring trainings too. And no bigger question to me is the starting pitching, he says. I say this due to their youth and experience and some with a history with health issues. Therefore, in your opinion, which starting pitcher candidate has the most to prove this spring training? Well, you know, I may quibble with the the framing there. Um, There may be some question marks, but We also know there are three guys that are 100%, if they're healthy, going to be in the start rotation. No questions asked. So which starting pitcher candidate has the most to prove in spring training? I think it's Daniel Norris or Luke Weaver or Luis Cessa. Uh, Maybe not quite as much Cessa, but I think it's Norris and Weaver who can grab that extra spot. Um, The the kids are going to have a spot. I don't think they have anything to prove in spring training. They've kind of proved – health is a thing, but they've kind of proved it during the regular season. So –
1: Nate, any thoughts about that? I took a slightly different direction. Uh, I went with my boy, Douglas Graham Ashcraft. So really? He kind of burst onto the scene. I don't think uh, too many people, maybe myself, maybe nobody else. I don't know. We're predicting him to come up and do what he did. But if he shows up this year and the magic's gone and he just gets hit around and gets knocked around a little bit, that's a lot of question marks. I mean, you can't keep trotting him out there if he's got the ERA in the fives. They're going to have to send him back down, let him work on whatever he needs to, and then try again. I think that uh, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are going to get to work out whatever they need to. But I'm not so sure that's the case with uh, Ashcraft. Could be wrong. Well,
0: no, maybe that's true because he has less of a pedigree, and yeah. um, I. But I, I think actually, I hate to do this, but I think I disagree with you. I don't think he has anything to prove in spring training. Now, I think he has something to prove in the regular season. If he, yeah, that's, you know, that's fair. Um, yeah, if he falls on his face in in the regular season, yeah, maybe. But um, anyway, I don't know. Let's. Uh, that's the last question. Can I run through this last the last baseball card here? Yeah, yeah. Twins outfielder Randy Bush. Randy, Randy Bush. Bush. Uh, I don't remember Randy Bush, um, but uh, he played for the Twins, and his name was Bush.
1: I think I had that card, and I chuckled about it when I was like 11.
0: (laughs) Pretty funny. Um, uh, Almost as funny as Rusty Koontz baseball card. Randy Bush, I don't know if he played with Rusty Koontz, but uh, that's the actual pronunciation of it. Um, There's actually one more. It's not a card here, but I got to show you this, Nate. Fleer had team logo stickers. Let's go. Cincinnati Reds. Running Man, number 27 on there. The best Reds logo. For sure. Absolutely. So here's what I'm saying here. I got to remember to go onto Twitter and open up our DMs. But if you drop into our DMs with your address, the first person to drop into the at, uh, Riverfront Cincy, at Riverfront Cincy uh, tw- on Twitter, drop into our, if you follow us and drop into our DMs and give me your address, I will send you the Scott Scudder, and uh, Cincinnati Reds logo sticker from the 1991 FLIR set on the condition that you tag us and and post it on Twitter when you receive them. So here we go. That's from us.
1: Joke's on you, card nerds. I'm going to do it before this posts.
0: (laughs) That's right. Nate has a – he he got (laughs) advanced notice of this. He's going to do it. All right, Nate, what else is going on
1: around the riverfront? Um. Yeah, we're still over there doing the Bengals show during the off season. There's still plenty to talk about. Uh, young Joseph Farthing took the reins this week, and we went through the entire roster, um, talked about who, who's sticking around, who might be gone, what they uh, what they're going to be doing with their cap space, and just getting after it over there. Had, had a good time as we always do. It's a nice hour of flagrancy and uh, and a lot of laughs. A lot of laughs.
0: Uh, Nate, did you mention Billy Madison on this week's episode at all? I think he missed out on this
1: one. We can oh, rectify really? that now.
0: You you want me to rectify it?
1: Yeah. You know something? You suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Billy Madison. All right, so uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash riverfrontsense, where you can get the Red Show that you're listening to now, and also the Bengals, the Riverfront Bengals show, and, and, and all your... Uh, audio uh look look for the, the the riverfront Bengal show on all your audio apps because we just spent an, a, a, an entire off season talking about the Cincinnati Reds it's way more fun to talk about the Bengals yeah. the off season so I can't believe we're saying that all right so thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the riverfront again please remember to subscribe uh either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app or on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook at Riverfront Sensi on all those platforms. And a big time thank you to all our supporters at patreon.com/slash riverfrontsensi. Uh the show again would literally not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. We'd love for you to join in our hijinks. Just go to patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi or click the link in the show nuts. Show notes. Not the show, not the show nuts. Not 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 the show nuts, Nate. <laughs>
1: This has been my favorite show ever.
0: Had a blast! Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shout out to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchick, and Eli Cash for Nate Dotson and Burt Badenhop. This is Chad Dotson saying, "So long, everyone."